Coming to you from the Greater Montreal area, this is the Not Having It Podcast, where we talk any and all things related to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm your host, Joshua Delorme. On this week's Not Having It podcast, I'm very happy to bring back friend of the show, personal friend of mine. Um, you guys heard him on one of the previous episodes that I did. Lambros, thank you for coming back on. Personal friend of mine. Wow, that's yeah. a very nice title that's, to have. Uh, lucky you. Yeah. Very uh, very select amount of people have a, have a title such as that one. Personal friend of mine. I'm yeah. going to get like those like little... Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, the little desk nameplates exactly. there. Yeah, I'll, I'll get one made up for you and I'll, I'll ship it over to you. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks um, for having me. Well, always a pleasure. Before we get started, I'll just run through a few, a few brief little housekeeping notes. As all of my listeners know, you are always encouraged and welcome to check out all the wonderful Montreal Canadiens related content over at awinninghabit.com. Those guys do a fantastic job of keeping the Montreal Canadiens relevant, especially in the deep, darkest days of summer. Mm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JoshuaDelorme95. I don't know why you want to do that, but you're personally always welcome to do that. Reach out to me. Tell me why you like the show. Tell me what you don't like about the show. Or just tell me to stop yelling and no microphone. That's happened before. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen again. So brief uh, warning. There will be loud noises coming out uh, from the microphone. There Potential will be, swearing. There, oh yeah, remind me to mark that as explicit again. <laughs> Every time Lambrose <laughs> is on the show, explicit because it's a fucking clusterfuck. There you go. There it is. First one's out. We're ready to go. Um, all right. Before we get started, yep. a few little word association game. First word that pops to mind. First thought that pops to mind. When I say Cole Caulfield. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, steel. Okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. That's that yeah, says it all right much. there. That, that, at fifteen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Keith Kincaid. Reliable. All right. All right. All right. Jake Gardner. <laughs> Back problems. <laughs> yeah. Still surprised. <laughs> July eighteenth. Still surprised well, he's, he's what, out there. Almost thirty, and he has back issues. Obviously, no one wants to give him a long-term deal, which makes sense. And a lot of people were thinking seven times seven for Jake. Yeah. I was one of them. Well, that's you. Last but not least, Sebastian Ajo. Uh, disappointing. All right. All right. You warmed up? I'm warmed up. Ready let's go. to go? Yeah, let's go. All right. Let's jump right in with Sebastian Ajo. Where do you want to start? Oh, where do I, I want? Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. But I'll let you go first because you're the guest. Well, obviously, I was t- like I was telling you in the car coming to the studio... We have a studio now. We have a That's studio. I have a name ta- I have a name tag. Yeah. I have. Uh, we have a studio. There you go. So um, it was a bit disappointing that they weren't able to to land a, an elite hockey player like him. Uh, you know, I was really excited when I saw that they presented an offer sheet to him. Well, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of talk in the days leading up to July one mm. that is this the year? Are we going to see an offer sheet? Is this the mm. year with with such a Deep and high-end crop of restricted free agents. Yeah, extremely um, great hockey players. I, everybody was thinking, all right, is this the year we're doing it? Is this the year we're going to see this? And the, there was a lot of talk at the draft about general managers saying, I'm done being nice. Mm. Like, I don't owe these other general managers anything. No, you're right. I, and like Mike Bergevin said at his press conference, um, he's a responsible solely to Jeff Motion and the fans of the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. And that's true. And I think for a long time, this boys club of the NHL general managers has – respected this unwritten rule 
well, no, I don't think we're seeing that much anymore because teams have to compete. Teams have to get better. Yeah. And this is one way in the collective bargaining agreement that allows you to do that. Exactly. And you look at the crop of players that were available. You can't sit here and say, oh, you know, we, because they, are, they still have the rights owned by a specific team, we can't go out and make a play at, at them. So, and I think we discussed this earlier. We're like, um, if, uh, if, if uh, the GMs don't like it, uh, why don't you just remove it out of the CBA? Why, why even have an offer sheet opportunity to begin with? Well, I, I spoke about that a lot when it came to the, this idea of a retaliation offer sheet. Mm-hmm. Like with now Tom Dundon and Don Waddell have their knickers in a twist mm-hmm. down there. Um, and then the, I saw a lot of stuff out on Hurricanes Twitter saying like, oh, Habs fans, don't remember, don't forget, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is an RFA in a few years. Whatever. Like... This doesn't. This is not something that works because you can't. You're not. Carolina is not going to throw themselves into um, salary cap hell just to get back at Montreal. And if they do, especially. For them. But not only that, you still have your player. Yeah. You still have Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. And it doesn't cost you anything other than an extra million dollars a year than you were planning on offering him on an AAV. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the twenty million in the first twelve months. Mm-hmm. But according to Tom Dundon, that's not a problem cashing that check. Um, it's going to be a problem. He you know, says that he, you know, I think you know twenty million is what they make in ticket sales in a year. Yeah, and you're going to sit here in one tell, year. And you sit here, you're going to tell me that that's not going to bother him. Granted, him Tom Dunnan has a shitload of money. Yeah, but more than I mean, do you remember how much he had put into the AAF? Yeah, upwards of two hundred and seventy million dollars. Right, but how much is he paying Don Waddell? Yeah. It's a very small staff down there. Very small staff. So you got to look at it like all angles of it. So. um Obviously, I was elated at the fact that they offered him, but I was a little—I was trying to convince myself for the longest time um, with the AAV that they gave Sebastian Ajo. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, you, we can sit here and say Mark Bergevin swung for the fences. Yeah. No, it's true. We can sit here and say swung that. for the fences. If you swing if, for the let, fences, let, let, you let, offer let, a little let, bit let, more th- per year, uh, that's what I was, and then you offer. That's your, what I was getting to. Let me finish. That's what I was getting to. Christ, don't get me he started. He swung to, for the fences. For making an approach to sign an RFA, but it's not as if they were they had issues with the cap. You know, you sh- you shed salary going into this, going into this by trading Andrew Shaw and Nick Deloria. That's close to five million dollars right there. You had fourteen million dollars in cap space entering free agency. I don't care what you give out. You're gonna sit here and tell me you couldn't have given Sebastian Ajo. Upwards of nine point five million dollars AEV, you eight point four five four that they gave up to uh, to acquire Aho was mostly because he did not want to give up a huge compensation exactly. in return. Exactly, that's what it comes down to. A first, a second, and a third is obviously a deep price for certain teams. Uh, but if you want to get a tw- let's think, let's think about it, a twenty one year old established center, number who, one center, number one center who had 83 points last year. He was a point per game hockey player. Yep. He helps your yep. power play. He puts everybody else. Think about it. He slots everybody he else. He slots everybody yep. else perfectly. Yep. Uh, and you're able to get him at $9.5 million. Would it cost you two first, a second and a third? Yeah. But those, those first round picks aren't going to come in right away. You're getting a 21-year-old who fits the mold of your team with every other prospect that is on the roster already. Kanyemi, potentially Ryan, Ryan Paling, Max Domi. Yep. I don't have to yep. start dropping uh, dropping down names. We all know who they are. So, it to me, the fact that he did not go out and make sure 
That's the thing. That he was going to get this that player. That he was yep. going to get him. Yep. He didn't make sure. If he went out and gave uh, an offer sheet of 9.5, between 9.5 and $10 million to Sebastian Ajo, I could sit here and say, you know what? He, tr- he, yeah. he, tr- he tried. Because that's giving a huge amount to get a player you want. Yeah. And if they still matched it, fine. That way I can say, you know what? He gave a lot of money for a hockey player. I wasn't going to give $11 million for Sebastian Ajo. No. I, I wasn't, wasn't going to give $12 million. I wasn't going to give four first-round picks. No. Not even close. No. But two firsts, a second, and a third. In a heart. Which yeah. is... I don't know what the range is. It was between 9.5 and I think 10.4. Something like that, So yeah. if you gave him $10 million for five years, what's the problem with that? Yeah. So I, let me see here. Good old friend, Cap Friendly. Yeah, Cap Friendly is always reliable when it comes to this stuff. We said 9.5 over five years. Yeah, 9.5. Between 9.5 and 10, it's usually... It's uh, two first-round picks, a second, and a third. So yeah, if, you, if you're able to... Confirm of getting an established twenty-one-year-old at the expense of maybe an additional first-round pick. You do it. I understand. You do I it. Absolutely agree with you. So. I, I I absolutely agree with you, and it it infuriates me that that we have people in the fan base here that is just so apologetic for this general manager that is so willing to just let everything go and well well we'll, we'll wait and you know we're a competitive team and we'll see. enough. This team has not seriously competed for a Stanley Cup in God knows how long. Seriously competed. I had, I had a Twitter argument with one person a couple days ago telling me that while they, they, almost, they almost beat the Rangers a few years back, that team was not a Stanley Cup contender. It was not a year after year, let's see no, what this team does. No. And, and this patch and play. Exactly. This general manager is an expert at patch and play. He is, a, he is just terrible at, at making hard decisions when it comes to acquiring hockey players. You sit here and tell me, what is the number one need the Montreal Canadiens have had over the past 30 years? A number one centerman. Mm-hmm. Sure, you drafted one with that potential in Jesperi Kotkaniemi last year. You had the opportunity to get an established one an established young one. This isn't like I'm throwing $10 million at Matt Duchesne here. This is very different. There's five years difference between these two players. More. More than that. Six, seven. This general manager has once again failed the fan base when it comes to improving this hockey club. Every goddamn fucking team around this team in the standings has gotten better. Yep. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. What have the Montreal Canadiens done? They, have the, they are bringing back the exact same team with minor adjustments. Yeah. We've lost Andrew Shaw, who was a good hockey player for this team, who is replaced by no one no. right now. We, lost, we brought in Ben Sherratt. Okay, fine. There's a meaning. I like, think he's an upgrade over Ben. He's an upgrade, but it's a, it's a small upgrade. No, it's not like you're that. bringing in a top four established no, defenseman. No, no, no. That's but my there point. wasn't any available. If I look at the teams that finished in and around the Montreal Canadiens standings last year, you had the Montreal Canadiens with 96 points. Yeah. The Florida Panthers behind them. Yeah. The Florida Panthers have gotten better. Coaching and goaltending. A lot better because that team could not buy a save last year. No. Could not buy a save. The Florida Panthers had more goals scored than the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. All those teams were ahead of them. Yeah. They just could not buy a save. No. That team has gotten better. The Rangers have gotten better. They are going to be competing for a Stanley Cup. for a, Not for a cup, for a, for a playoff spot. I don't know if they're going to make it. We'll see. But they are a team. They're competitive. I could, they're they're competitive. competitive. They are competitive. They got again. better. The Buffalo Sabres are better. Who's the, the New Jersey wait, wait, Devils. Does Buffalo still have the same goalies? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, 
We'll see. They've improved the defense, and they've improved the offense. What have they got on offense? Well, they brought back Jeff Skinner, so that's helpful. And they got uh, Jimmy VC. They got Jimmy VC. They brought in some players. I like the addition of Ralph Kruger as the head coach over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You that's going to be I, good. You know how I am about Ralph um, Kruger. It, I, they might, I think they're going to be a little gonna bit be, more they're competitive. Gonna be better. They're going to yeah. be better, yeah. The New Jersey Devils, in the span of 24 hours, added Jack Hughes and P.K. Subban. Pretty impressive, if you ask me. That team's going to be better. They're going to be competitive. That's correct. The Ottawa Senators are garbage, so that's beside the point. Mm. And then you have the teams that made the playoffs. And then you look at the Columbus. Columbus, in my mind, might take a step back. Big step back. I think. Toronto will be there. Boston will be there. Tampa Bay will be there. Detroit got better. Did they? No, I think. Uh, they got better upstairs in the management, I but got, I think that's going to take a few years. It takes to a few years, but you know what? I always think a Steve Eiserman team is always competitive. That's true. That is true. And they have a good core of players. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's just my Regardless my of all that, my point being, my, that my initial point is that a lot of teams in and around the Montreal Canadiens in the standings have improved. Mm-hmm. The Montreal Canadiens are the exact same goddamn team as yeah. they were last year. Yeah. And in, you can rely on, sure, and before I have fans burning down my Twitter account telling me, well, what about Nick Suzuki? What about Ryan Paling? Absolutely. Those two players, one or two of those players, should be on the roster this year. But you please cannot realistically expect a 20-year-old hockey player to put your team on his back unless that player was a top three pick. None of those two are top three picks. They are top prospects. They are elite prospects. One more than another, but they are very good prospects prospects. in themselves. Good players. In their own right. And they're going to be they, good players. Yes. You cannot expect you can't expect Nick Suzuki to come in here and score twenty goals, put up twenty five assists for forty five points. If he does, I'll be very impressed. If he does, I'm, I'm good impressed. for you. I'm impressed. But you can't rely on that. You can't, you can't go into the season expecting that. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. At the end of the day, Mark Bergevin has once again put everything in the hands of, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Instead of making critically hard decisions and, 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 and really committing to improving this hockey club. Mm-hmm. Because enough's enough here. Shea Weber isn't getting any younger. No. Carey Price isn't getting any younger. No. Brendan Gallagher is not getting any younger. And he's, gonna get, and he's getting more expensive. And he's going to get paid pretty soon. Yeah. So this is... You look at it. I mean, you got Paul Byron, who's thirty years old, part of Mark Bergevin's core, I think. You look at Jeff Petrie; he's not getting any younger. He's thirty-one years old. We forget about that. He's a free agent in a couple of years. He's got two years left. Yeah. This team does not. Ha- this isn't like the Colorado Avalanche, mm. who should be competitive for years to come. Because God, look what happens when you have a general manager that knows what he's doing. Making bold moves. Making bold moves. Sure. I, no, you made bold moves. Like, that's not yes, <laughs> but you need to be bold. Absolutely. So. You traded Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Not for help right now. Mm. He traded Matt Duchesne for two top four defensemen. Turned out to be two top four defensemen and then something. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal, don't tell me Montreal had nothing to trade. When, Munch, when Mark Bergevin woke up three years ago and decided P.K. Subban is no longer going to be a member of this hockey club. That's a bold move. That's a bold move. It was a bad trade in the sense of it, we could have gotten better for the long run instead of saying let's be competitive now with a 31 year old Shea Weber mm-hmm. now 33 with 14 75 million years left on his contract at 8 million dollars almost yeah who can as it is now barely keep up with actual NHL skating yeah no you're right this is a clusterfuck from top to bottom and it is enough. I've had it. I've, just, you brought in Nick Cousins for $1 million. We brought back Nate Thompson. Last year, we signed Matthew Pecker to 1.3. He played how many games last year? A handful. Yeah. 
Christian Fulton you brought back? You like, brought it, it, it just you added Keith Kincaid. Yeah, he'll give Carey Price some help, but that doesn't like these are not monumental decisions. No. These are not monumental changes. This no. isn't like adding a top six forward. Mm. This isn't like adding a top four defenseman. It'll be hilarious if they actually make the playoffs next year. I mean, it's possible. I think they will. Anything's possible. I Absolutely. Really think, honestly, I think they will. But don't sit but, there and. But what? What? What is the point? You've ruined. Ten years of Carey Price's career by mediocre, just well, we'll it's get there. all the GMs. It's not just Bergevin. It's, it's the everyone. ones that came before him as well. It's everyone. I understand that, but yeah. it's a philosophical foundation of this team. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely and right. and and we have we have Carey Price, who is on the latter side of thirty, who's past thirty. I mean, he'll be thirty-two. He'll be thirty-two. You have Shea Weber, who's currently thirty-three years old, will be thirty-four by the time the season starts. Just like Carey Price will be thirty-two when the season starts. Yeah, it's. When? When when is this team gonna you you have the best goaltender in the National Hockey League? When healthy. When healthy. And you've had him his entire career. I feel bad for Price. I feel terrible. Why if you're like if I was Carrie Price, I would str- like I wanna know I demand the trade. I wanna know what Mark Bergeron sold to you or how he got you to sign an eight year contract extension. Because if if he bought got you to buy in for eight years on this team, he has to have put down a pretty good plan. Mm-hmm. I want to know, Kerry, is he executing that plan? He's not. I don't think so. I don't think part of the plan was missing the years, the, missing the playoffs two of the last three years, and the, the year they made it, they were out in the first round. I don't think that's part of the playoffs. I don't think that's part of the plan. I don't think three part of the, the last four they missed. I don't think making the playoffs just by the skin of your teeth and getting out in the first round because you had the unfortunate mishap of going against the Washington Capitals, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston, whatever it is, the Toronto the, Maple Leafs, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They play the Rangers first round that that year but i'm saying like next year if they you know they make the playoffs in the first round well, i mean again anything you, you can never, happen you never know but now. realistically that colorado series nine times out of ten doesn't happen the way that way what color columbus series. columbus yeah nine times out of ten it's right. not a sweep no, columbus might win that. that series multiple times but it's not a sweep no, I understand. tampa bay fell apart that that in that they had the worst week of their season and it happened well, to be well, in the playoffs I mean, that's their problem well I, I understand that my point being this team is is just patched together with some good young players, some good older veteran players, but it's the, all the same. The They're in, all the same players. The Josh. in between is nothing. No, they have all this. This is the problem. They have so many of the same players that it's it's getting out of hand. You have look. I'll just name you the, the similar players: Jonathan Dwayne, Max Domi, Brendan Gallagher, yeah. uh, Arturi Lekkinen, Paul Byron. All these guys are in your top twelve yeah. of your forward yeah. core. Okay, I have no problem with any of these hockey players. I really don't, because I think they all bring a certain element to the game, to the team. Leadership, penalty kill, scoring, power play, whatever, whatever you yeah. want to call it. But if you're going to sit here and tell me you want to bring in someone that's going to completely, not revolutionize your team, but change the core of your team, you know? Paul Byron could, get, could fetch you something, you know? Yeah. Uh, you could have definitely gone out and signed a free agent, a big free agent, not saying maybe if you were in the running for Anders Lee, yeah. maybe that didn't work out. Wayne Simmons, a one-year prove-it deal. What was that going to do to you for five million dollars? Or you, even if it's six million, whatever it is, you're going to sit here and tell me a guy like Wayne Simmons or a guy like, for example, a guy like Cook and Yemi wouldn't benefit from a guy like Wayne Simmons on on the right side, a guy who will just drive the net and won't let anyone touch him, or Max Domi. The Montreal Canadiens are small. They're hoping that this new wave of NHL is going to benefit them with speed and skill. But people forget. Look at the playoffs. Yep. Look at the St. Louis Blues. Yep. Look at the Boston Bruins. Boston has a lot of 
they're not the big bad Bruins. No. But they still got Chara. Yep. They still got Brandon Carlo. They had Charlie Coyle. Look at the Blues. Look at St. Louis. How I think they're one of the biggest teams I've ever seen win a cup. How, yeah. Hockey nowadays is you have to be fast, but you have to be big. Look at, and that's how Columbus beat the, uh, the Lightning. Yeah. That's, that's how, how Washington beat the Lightning not two years yeah. ago in the Western Con- in the Eastern Conference so, Final. Obviously, if they want to emulate similarly to the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have to take a you have to take a flyer on these other teams. St. Louis won. Yeah, they were talented, and they had a hot goalie. Montreal has a hot goalie. Montreal does not have a defense like St. Louis, no. who are, and I, and or I, like Columbus. If we're gonna like but compare be, teams but that were close, more emphasis. St. Louis's defense is massive. Yeah, they're huge. I don't think there was one defenseman under six feet on that defense. And I think the only one was Vince Dunn, who was six feet. Petrangelo, Colton Pareko, Jay Bomeister, uh, Edmondson, Gunnarsson. These guys are all over six feet. Look at their offense. The, the NHL Network, the NHL, uh, NHL.com mm. website put out yesterday, I believe it was, they're, now they're doing their, their customary every summer. They do a team resets uh, thing they do. So right. they you know, talk about every team, fantasy focus, who's coming in, who's gone out, and yeah. all that stuff. Included in that, they do a projected lineup. Mm-hmm. Here's what it is. For Montreal. For Montreal. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tatar with Philip Deneau and Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, That's, that's the same line as last year. Same line. Jonathan Drouet, Max Domi, and Paul Byron. Mm-hmm. Same line as last year. Mm-hmm. Arturi Lekkanen, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and Joel Armia. Same thing as last year. Nick Cousins, Nate Thompson, and Jordan Wheel. Just the addition of Cousins. Just the addition of Cousins. Victor Mete with Shea Weber. Mm-hmm. Ben Sherratt with Jeff Petrie. Brett Kulak with Noah Yulson. And then your two goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Does that roster have enough to compete for a Stanley Cup? Why are you thinking about this? No, not no, for a cup. No, no. You can compete for Just, the playoffs. They're going to compete for They're going to make the playoffs. Make the they, play- could, they could make the playoffs with that team. Because I think Kincaid could, bet, could take a lot of pressure off Price. Uh, I think Sherrod's a bigger, better upgrade than Ben to a team that's already good defensively. Every Julian team is. Every, uh, the Canadians have been known for a good defensive team since Claude Julien has come here. You know, their penalty kill has gotten better since Shea Weber came back. Carey Price went on his streak. If you reduce Price's games, he had 66 games last yep. year. If you reduce that, that to maybe 50 or 55... And Keith Kincaid takes somewhat of the of the load, and he plays solid goaltending. I'm not telling you be a, a 9.30 save percentage and a 2.0 goals against average, but you know 2.3, 9.15 is gonna make them go to the playoffs. Yeah, but come on, there, let me see the team. Let me see the team. You're gonna sit here and tell me a guy like Paul Byron can uh, Paul Byron can be upgraded? Where's the upgrade for Andrew Paul Shaw? Byron's a third line player. Paul Byron, yeah, obviously, but they're paying him $3.5 million. Still a third-line forward. Honestly. Yo, Armia, Arturi Lekkinen, to me, they're a wash. You don't need two of those guys. You don't need two of those. You don't need two of those guys. Where's your Andrew Shaw upgrade? You forget Andrew Shaw. Apart from his his point production. His name is Nick Cousins. Apart from his point. He's right there. They replaced Andrew Shaw with Nick Cousins. It's right there. Apart from his point production. This is garbage. Apart from his point production, Andrew Shaw was a pest. Yeah. He went to the net. Max Domi's your pest. Yeah, but Max Domi is a Brendan Gallagher is your pest. Yeah, but you need more than just Brendan Gallagher. Hmm. You need, look, what's the height of the Canadians? The projected height? Five foot ten? <laughs> Five foot nine? <laughs> I don't know. Who's the biggest guy apart from Cook and Yemi and Armia? Yeah, that's a good question. And not for anything, Cook and Yemi is six three, 
But he's like 185. Yeah. I don't blame him. He's got to put some muscle in He's 19. In it's going to yeah. come with age. Yeah. You know, Ryan Paling's 6'3", 215 right now, which is monstrous, to say the least. Yol Armia, 6'3", 210. But Brendan Gallagher's 5'9". Um, Philip Dano is 6 feet. He's a good height. He's a good build. Thomas Attar is 5'11", 5'10". Max Domi, small. Jonathan Dwayne is not big. Paul Byron, let's not talk about Paul Byron. Uh, that's the problem. You need some. You need size on this team. Getting a get like, obviously, I would have loved for them to have acquired uh, Sebastian Ajo. But if you're sit here, if you're gonna sit here and tell me a guy like Anders Lee wouldn't have helped this Montreal Canadiens roster in the in the long run, Joel Armia six foot four, mm. Paul Byron five foot nine, mm-hmm. Philip Deneau six foot one, Max Domi five foot ten, Jonathan Jure six foot. Okay, that's very uh, generous. That's very generous. Christian Follin, six foot three. Mm-hmm. Brennan Gallagher, five foot nine. Yep. Charles Houdon, who might come back, five foot ten. Noah Yolson, six foot two. Okay. Kotkaniemi, si- yeah. Check just, just the forwards. Just the forwards. Oh, just the forwards. Oh, the okay. defense, we know yeah. they okay. have some size there. Uh, Kotkaniemi, six foot two. Yeah. Lekkinen, six foot. Generous. Ryan Paling, six foot two. If he's on the team, he's on the team. Thomas Tatar is five foot ten. Nate Thompson, six foot one. Jordan Wheel, five foot ten. Yeah. Are they big to you? No. No. Not the forward I'm not, group. I'm not sitting here and say, oh, go get Lucic or go get yeah, uh, Wayne I, Simmons. I understand. Well, you did, so get, you did say go get Oh, I, But I know what you mean. Multi-year deal yeah, for Wayne yeah, yeah, Simmons wouldn't have happened. But a guy like Anders Lee. Yeah. I know he didn't want to leave the island, but if the Canadians were one of the two finalists to acquire him, you give him seven years. What did he sign for? Seven at seven. Is that it? Yeah. It was a cheap deal. They're saying seven years at nine million. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Seven years at seven, even seven point five. I would have given. I would have given him eight. Yeah, I would have given him eight million. Anders Lee. Yeah, I understand. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. So it it is mind boggling to me how fans of this team can sit there and continually make excuses for ge- for this general manager and say, "Well, we're in a rebuild." It's not a rebuild. It's not a rebuild. When you have One. when you have Price and Weber. Thank you. If it was an actual rebuild, those two would have been traded. Uh, along with Gallagher and all that stuff. But I want to go back to 2012. Yeah. When Mark Bergevin was hired. Yeah. We, we are in a rebuild for some reason here. Go back and look at the young core that was in place for when he got here. Mm-hmm. You had Kerry Price. You had Max Pacioretty. You had P.K. Subban. You had the third overall pick, which was Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm. You had Gallagher coming in. You had Gallagher, Lars Eller, yeah. who was still young at the time. You had a uh, somewhat in his prime, Thomas Placanic. You had, but we're, my my point is that small group of players mm. in the Price, the the yeah. Subban, the um, Pacioretty, just those three. That's a core you build around. Absolutely. And he failed to do that, and the three of them are gone. All three of them are gone, including the four, the third overall pick, which was Galchenyuk, gone. Yeah, the only one who's staying is Price and Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it's, it, so we, people say, well, we're in a rebuild because this and that. The raw, and they say, well, he, re, he started to call it like a retool, let's say, because this, I, I get this a lot, because he realized that the roster wasn't going to be competitive enough. He built the goddamn roster. No, you're right. He, the roster turnover mm-hmm. from day one to now, the only player that was here, still here, is Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher, yep. That's it. Yeah. That is Everyone it. Else Everybody else has been drafted or traded. Yeah, you're right. Or or signed as a free agent. Yeah. But the roster turnover is 
massive. In seven years. In seven years. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about roster turnover, look at what Pierre Dorian has done down the road. Look what Toronto has done. Down the road. Pierre Dorian has two players remaining on his three players remaining on his team from when they made the the Eastern Conference Final no, in 2017. That, that I know. That I know. Three players that, that, in two and a half years. It's pretty incredible. Traded the whole thing away. And but I, my point is, I, wanna, I just want to point something else too, and this is something that I've seen a lot on Twitter, and it's just something that uh, boggles my mind. I like how a lot of a lot of people tend to compare the prospect pool of the Canadians that they had in 2012 right. to the one they have 2019. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yes. And you know what? I'm exta- I'm more than happy and I'm more than excited to see the prospects that the Canadians have right now. It's the the deepest. They probably have the best prospect pool in the NHL. I think we could, a lot of us could agree on that. Cole Caulfield. Absolutely. It's very uh, good. If not the best, it's one of the it's in the top 5 for you, sure. You, you draft a guy like yep. Keaton Primo in yep. the 6th round? 7th. Whatever it is. Yeah. You should know that. It's 199. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> the prospect pool they have is immense. It's ex- yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. Getting a guy like Cole Caulfield in the first round, 50th overall, yeah. Yeah. he scored 72 goals. He's 5'7", but he scored I was, 72 goals. You know I was sitting there. I was yeah. at the draft, and I, I had made a buddy, uh, who, and we were sitting there together watching this game, watching the, this unfold, and we're like, oh, okay, well, th- Caulfield's going here. Yeah. Doesn't go there. Caulfield, oh, well, he'll go here. Caulfield doesn't go there. And, I, and then I started doing the math. And then it got to like three, four teams before Montreal. I'm like, mm. fuck, there's a shot. Like, there's a chance. He, but I'm like, that still doesn't make much sense. But then I'm like, Florida's going to take Spencer Knight. Yeah, which they did. Which they did. When I saw Arizona move up, I was like, okay. Well, if you're moving up at this point, you're going for that because he's they, falling. They took a Swede. Then they took a defenseman. There was a run on defenseman there. Yeah. And then Left-handed I Left-handed defenseman. Philadelphia. The pick right before them. Cam York. The fuck do they need another defenseman for over there? And then I saw I'm, I'm doing them out. I'm sitting there. And I'm like, well, they shit. Montreal's I, about to walk away with Cole Caulfield, and they did sweet fucking nothing. Which is terrific. It was the best case scenario. He fell into their them. goddamn lap. It's their best case scenario, and they're probably their second best case scenario would have been if Capocaco started to drop for no apparent reason. You or know whatever. what I mean? Yeah. Or Bowen Byram started to drop for no apparent reason, which would have caused a chain reaction. Yeah. Point I'm trying to make is. You look at that prospect pool and you say, holy crap. You're so excited to see these players come out, develop, etc. But how many years is that going to take? Cole Caulfield is two years away. Point what I'm trying to make. Cole Caulfield. I think. I would think. The pro- I don't think he's coming out after We're one year. We're talking the prospects that they have that are highly rated. Cole Caulfield, uh, Ryan Paling, Nick Suzuki. You could sit here and say Yoni Ikenen. You could say Josh Brook. You could sit Romanov. here. Alexander Romanov, you're absolutely right. Uh, your two top prospects right now, outside of the perfect, like that have not turned pro yet, mm. are Alex Romanov and Cole Caulfield. Yeah, those two players are two years away. Yeah, Romanov has, uh, or is it another? He's got another year. Mm. So. Because of his contract in Russia. Yeah, but again, maybe he means one year in the AHL. Maybe well, not. Whatever. Regard, before he turns pro, he's yes. got one year. Yeah. Cole Caulfield, I don't think, is coming out of the NCAA after one year. No. I think he's going to be there for two. And if he does, I'll be very shocked. I, I would think so. I don't think – I think he needs to work his way out of there. But I think he's going to do a jump from the – Well, yeah, he's going NCAA straight into the – yes, the absolutely, NHL, absolutely. Yeah. But he's not going to do it in one year. No. And so your two top prospects are probably two years away mm-hmm. because defensemen already in the NHL is difficult. Yes, Alexander Romanov is playing in the KHL. Not the same thing. But he's not playing – He's a seventh defenseman. Exactly. He's a sixth, seventh defenseman. Exactly. He's not paying top four minutes. Uh, don't break your phone. I did it. And, uh, and, and the KHL is not the NHL. 
nope. regardless of what anybody Bigger wants to say, too. regardless of what Vladimir Putin wants to say, it is not the best league in the in the world. Close. Um, no, I, I, I think the You'll see what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring it on. Yeah, exactly. Bring it on. I know. Um, so my point in all this is is your two top prospects that fans are now saying, "Oh, these two guys, these guys are coming. These guys are coming. We'll they're be not fine." Saviors. That, but they're not even here. By the time Cole Caulfield turns pro, Carey Price will be 34 years old. That's what I was about And Shea Weber will be 35. 35! Your number one defenseman. Mm. Who I can't even fathom. I don't even want to imagine what he's going to look like at 35. He's going to remind me of Hal Gill back in the day when it took him half an hour to skate from one blue line to another. It was good to have him as a backup goalie. Shit, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he just stood there next to Carey you Price. Know what? You oh, know what? He did his job. It was it. It's like the like the Canadians were always on a penalty kill in the offensive zone. Yeah. They had four guys over there, and Hal Gill was chilling out back there with Carey Price because it was too much work to skate all the but way you up. You know what? Pierre Gauthier snagged a steal. Yeah. He got a second round. I don't. Know. That's one thing that I yes. <laughs> he got two prospects in a second round pick. You remember those two prospects? I have no idea. You remember Blake Jeffreyon? Yeah. And oh man, it was a fighter. I forgot his name. But it was Blake Jeffrey on a second round pick and a prospect and another guy. Regardless, but I mean, I used to always sit there and watch. How, how, by the time Hal Gill got to the offensive blue line, the puck was already back in the defensive zone, and he had to turn around and go back. Yeah. This is what we have to look forward to with Shea Weber, and and and, and Shea Weber has not been very healthy. No, there's a lot of miles on the, on that body. Yeah, there, there a is. lot of wear and tear. We're He's, hoping that a training ca- this training cap and everything. Will, it's just patchy. It's yeah. just patch jobs. It's got band aids on. This guy's filled with just duct tape and band aids. At know. some point, the body's gonna fall apart. And it already has but started. You know what? The one thing I say about Weber makes no excuses. Uh, and, and, no, he works his heart out. He, he works his oh, ass. Off. Absolutely, he works his fucking ass off. But that, 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 you that, have to that, take pressure off him. He can't be your number one guy. No, you have to do. Ex- you have to if do Shea something. Weber, that, you have to do. Wh- what you're going to do with Weber, you have yes. to do what you didn't do with Markov. Exactly. That's the if thing. If Shea Weber is still going to be here at 35 years old, he better not goddamn be, and he's healthy, playing, he better not goddamn be your number one or number top wanna, pairing defenseman. He's got to be on the third with power play minutes. Slowly descending. In you three can, years. In three years. Third pairing, slow, power no, play wait, You slowly descend them from first, second, third. Yeah, yeah but in three years, he he's the be third. Pl- he needs to be playing 17, 18 minutes In a night. three years, he's on the third pairing with first power play minutes. Hopefully. Hopefully. He, well, hopefully. But, but again, you're hoping a guy like Josh Brook makes the uh, makes the leap. You're hoping a guy like Kale Flurry and Noel Jolson makes the leap. I understand that. But at some point, hello, yeah. do your goddamn job. Yeah. Do your fucking job and yeah. make this team better when you have to. Because Shea Weber is going to literally disintegrate into little balls of nothing on the ice. You know, what, you know what's good about having a good prospect pool? What's that? It attracts teams. It attracts teams to consider giving some of their best players yeah. for future prospects. Yeah. So you look at the Canadians. They have, the, in my opinion, the best prospect pool in the league by far. We're talking depth. We're talking I don't know talent. about by far, but okay. It's, it's By far? Top three? No, definitely, if not the first, if not the top team, the top prospect pool mm. in the top three. But I don't think it's the top prospect pool by far. I look at the depth and I look at the talent. Who do you put up against it in terms of other teams? Yeah, um, I'd have Edmonton up there. Edmonton has some pretty good prospects. Evan Bouchard. What did they draft this year? What's his Philip Broberg. Philip Broberg is a pretty good prospect. <laughs> um, I, I would put Ottawa up there too. They yeah, have some. A they have a lot of good prospects. I think starting with Eric Branstrom is always a good start, a place to start. Yeah. Um, but who else is out? there? I understand. I I know. I just wanted no, to see. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who else is out there? Well, that's the, that's the, like um, 
that has I mean, like extremely good talented hockey players. We're not talking. I'm not talking the Devils. I'm not talking the Ra- the Rangers. Maybe the Rain. Well, I don't know if you can call them prospects. They're all going to be playing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. A guy a yeah. team like the Devils don't have like apart from Jack Hughes. Who yeah. else is there in their prospect yeah. pool? Yeah. You know, it's uh, the Islanders have got Noah Dobson coming and uh, Noah Dobson and, and uh, uh, Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom. Yeah. It's those good players and. Tampa Bay seems to find players everywhere. And you know, like, everybody on the Athletic is going to put Toronto up there because... They traded all their prospects. Yeah, but it's the Athletic. But they traded all their prospects. It's the Athletic. It's the, Toronto. <laughs> Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin. They're the... Uh, that's, the all, that's all they got. Literally, that's really true. Th- that's Jeremy, all they got. Jeremy, and Jeremy Bracco. Who? Jeremy Bracco. Who? You're, you know who Jeremy Bracco is. Yeah, okay. If these are third top prospects, you got a serious fucking problem there, Kyle. But, again, their team is young to begin with. Off, off, on top? Yeah, it's so top. young, and they still can't afford to keep their number one player. Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you mentioned Andre Markov. Yeah. A little bit of Andre Markov oh, news today. Crap. I just want to get I your thought. About it. I, no, I wouldn't sign him. Especially no, I, at $2 million, I wouldn't sign him. <laughs> Next, I don't want to talk about Markov. If you, we're going to sit here and we're talking. I understand. We're criticizing <laughs> Shea Weber. I know. Three, we're going to bring up Markov. I, under, I understand. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. No way I would bring Markov. Yeah, 1,000th game. Fine. But no. <laughs> no. Two million for him? Come on. If he's willing to coach, I'd bring him to coach on the defense. He's not going to coach. I know that. He wants to play. I, man, okay. Go back Come to on. Russia. Next. But, okay. Give, give me something that I can, like, we can like be excited about. Do you think Mark Bergevin is done for the summer? No, I don't think he's done. I honestly don't think he's done whatsoever. And if he is done, I'll be very, very disappointed. You can't sit here and tell your fans and go to the golf tournament and say, yeah, my acquisitions were Ben Sherratt and Keith Kincaid. And uh, like this, this is what he's going to do. And uh, uh, I made an offer to Tuaho. They said no, they matched it. And that's all I'm going to do. No, you can't do that. You can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, we're going to be better. It's, you, it's just like when you try to sell to us Carl Alsner a few years ago. How did that work out? You see I'm, the J.J. Daniel interview on TSN 690? You know what? J.J. Daniel's a loser well, know, to begin but, with. Like the fi- I know, but there's He's blaming Carl Alsner know, for him being know, fired. He was shit. They put him on the power play, too, to I give know, him a chance. I know. No, he was really bad at his job. He's head coach of Halifax Mooseheads. Get for him. Get for him. The other, guy's never been a head coach in his gonna, life. He's going to ruin other players' careers. Jesus. But that's his problem. Was he in St. Louis? Of uh, the St. Louis farm team. Oh, St. Louis He farm. was an assistant coach for the St. Louis farm team. Peoria Riverman? No, it was uh, San Antonio. The Rampage? Yeah. They, ch- they moved from Peoria? Yeah. Who's the... Oh, I don't know. That's unfortunate. The point what I'm trying to make is... You can't do that. I'm not saying here to say go get a go get a superstar. There are rumors going around about Patrick Laine. I'm not saying go do that. Although, I mean, you want to you you want to make a huge splash and uh, shock every other in, team in the NHL. Yeah, go get Patrick Laine. Okay. Do you How need- do you get Patrick Laine out of Winnipeg? Well, I'm I I was looking at Cap Friendly and I was looking at their. Um, their contract. They have a lot of money. They have $22 million. Yeah, so it's not an offer sheet. So it's not an offer sheet that's bothering yeah. them. It's, they just can't, I don't think he wants to play there. If it's He the, wants to sign a short-term deal. Yeah. But what does that do? He becomes an RFA again. Yeah. Let me see if I can see how many years he's got left as an RFA. I think it's four years. Left? He's 21? He's yeah. same age as yeah. Matthew. So it's yeah. four years left as an RFA. Yeah. He probably, like, what's a short-term deal? So he probably wants another, like, two- or three-year deal. But that doesn't do anything for him. No, I know, but I think he wants that because, I don't know. 
I, because I think Winnipeg's trying to offer him like eight years at something a little lower because he had a bad year. Bad year. It's going through the holes, but it's a bad year. It is a bad year because he went on. The, oh man, that was a, that was a long. Streak. Yeah, that was a long streak. Uh, so I think Winnipeg's trying to use that, right? Um, but no, I, there is definitely not going to be an offer sheet that's going to get him out of there, unless it's like four first round picks, and they say, <laughs> "Shit, yeah, I'll take the four first round picks." And again, I would. But Montreal's proven they're not going to do that. Not even close. And they also have uh, Mr. Kyle Connor to sign. Yeah. So if you look at Montreal, and you look at the Winnipeg situation. You're sitting here and saying, um, "Who does Winnipeg want more?" Do they want Kyle Connor? Do they yeah. want Patrick Laine? I look at this option, uh, opportunity to talk to Kevin Sheffield. You know what? You're friends. I'm not saying give them an offer sheet, but inquire and say, okay, what's going on with this situation? And you know what? Do your due diligence and present them with a trade offer. Acquire his rights. Yeah. What's the, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? He's going to say no. Obviously, we don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff with Mark Bergevin. Or any other NHL GM. Um, the only thing I've ever saw was uh, Peter Shirley discussing trying to trade Tyler Sagan with the whole yeah. Boston Bruins staff, which was the the, Pure the, the cherry Pure on top comedy. of the proverbial Sunday. My God! So why not make a move like that? The the one RFA left that I look Matthew at. Matthew Kachuk. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, Matthew Kachuk would be enticing. But How much no. cap space do they have? Nine million. Mm, they have money. They have money, but well, nine million. But you still have some guys to sign there. If you sit, you got you still have David Riddick to sign. He's your number one goaltender. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just, no, but I'm not, it's not going to be seven million. But it's still, yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I, I mean. Like a Bennington deal. You got Sam Bennett. Yeah, Mark Jankowski. No, meaning Sam Bennett needs to be signed. Oh, okay. You've got Andrew Majapani needs to be signed. They're high on apparently, and then you have Matthew Kachuk. They currently only have nine point. Five million dollars in you cap space. You can't sign any of those. You can't sign all those players. Not you are allowed to go up by ten percent over the cap in the summertime. You still can't sign all those players. But regardless, you have to be able to come back down afterwards. And you can start off by buying on maybe James Neal. Too late. Oh, yeah, buy our windows. Okay. Unless one of these guys goes to arbitration, and the only one eligible for arbitration is Sam Bennett. Then another because if he goes to arbitration, then another buyout window opens. But Sam Bennett. But will that's get, a will really get a good deal. really long buyout. He's got four years left. Who? James Neal. What? How much? 5.75. If I were to buy out this contract right now, mm-hmm. it's a, it is an eight-year buyout Jesus. that has a cap hit of $1.2 million, $2 million on the cap every for, year, for eight year for eight years. Yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. It's it, it it's the length that's that's bothersome. It saves you uh, three million dollars. Three it's close just to four, under, yeah, three point eight million. It saves you. It saves you a shade under four million. Yep. Yeah, I know. You know, you you mentioned a guy like Matthew Kachuk. I think it's very similar to what we were discussing before about going after a guy like Simmons, Anders Lee. Matthew you know? Kachuk's a hell of a hockey player. I think Matthew Kachuk's Holy a shit. stud, a great hockey player. I was even telling you. When the Canadians drafted Sergachev that year, make a run for Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. People are talking about his skating. This guy can play hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. He's that agitator. See whatever you want about the players he's surrounded by, yeah. but Matthew Kachuk's a proven thirty goal, eighty point guy who will instigate. Yep. Who's big? Yep. He's big. That's put an emphasis on that. Big. <laughs> he's what? Big. <laughs> he has height that the Canadians do not have, apart from Kokanyemi and Armia. He's only six foot two. 
Yeah, but how thick is he? Two hundred two pounds. Twenty <laughs> one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, it's it fits yeah. the mold of the team. I know. It's the NHL. Yeah, I agree with Sit you. Sit here and tell me that. Sorry, oh, Brad. Ten million. I would give Matthew Kachuk a five-year, ten million dollar deal. Two firsts, a second, and a third. Is that what that is? Yeah. I don't remember now. It's between nine point five and I think ten point four. Five years. Yeah. 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 Why not? He's worth it. Even nine point five, nine point seven. I'd go. I'd go to ten. I'd do ten. I'd do ten. There you go. It puts Brad for living in a in a bubble, there, which yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and you get your guy. You give up a, a hefty sum, but you're getting a 21-year-old power forward yeah, yeah. for five years. I understand. Yeah, and then some. You have cap next year to sign players that you need to sign. Yeah. When, when Ottawa was looking to trade Mark Stone, mm. I said, send him to Calgary and bring in Matthew Kachuk. I would do one for one. That. Brady and Matthew on the same team? What, what's there not to like? <laughs> how, how can you not convince Matthew to re-sign with your team? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I would have done that trade too. Yeah. But I, I think uh, they got a great Eric, deal. Branstrom's very good hockey player. I think they got a great deal in getting Branstrom, but we're talking logically. Yeah. Mark Stone to Calgary, and you're getting uh, Matthew Kachuk in return. Yeah, you have to pay a price, but, you know, Mark Stone's. He wasn't resigning. He wasn't resigning. No, he wasn't resigning. He resigned. When... We're not going there. You got Branstrom. I know. I know. I know. A lot and of good Lindbergh. prospects coming there. A second round pick, too. What did that second round pick turn out to be? You don't mm. even know. Matt Sogard. Or is that next year's for a second round? I don't know. You, you I think it's oh, it's next year's second round. You don't even know. It's next year's. Yes. Um, all right. So all the all this to say um, that they need to make a. They need move. to make another move. They, they need to make a move. There needs gosh. to be something else coming in um, before the start of the training camp. I'll be very surprised. Like I said, I'll be very very disappointed and very surprised that if they do not do anything, because. You can't sit there in mediocrity unless you have yep. a plan of getting of making a move to get the first pick overall. Unless, Wait. but you can't sell that to the fans. Not you right now. You look, can't. You can't look at this and say, "Yeah, we had a good off season." No. You know. Yeah. Every team yeah. has gotten better. Yep. If not, if they're if they're a playoff team, yep. they stayed the same. Yep. The only teams that could sit here and say got worse, got a bit worse. Columbus, maybe, maybe the Islanders. Islanders, uh, may, maybe. We'll see. Well, I mean, they brought in Varlamov, so Varlamov over Leonard is pretty good. Maybe. Like, again, we'll see. You got Barry Trotz back there. Yeah, you got Barry Trotz. You know, but like, I yeah, think I, I understand. I agree. Bit. I agree. Uh, Columbus was probably the only one that lost. You know, you lost Bobrovsky, you lost Duchesne, you lost Panarin, and you only replaced them with Nyquist. You they got a lot of good young players there. You got a lot I, of good I, young I, players. I but that defense is, is still in Bobrovsky is a two-time Vezina winner. Yeah. And Panarin's yeah. a point-per-game hockey player. I like Nyquist, but he's not yeah, an Aaron. I got you. I so, got you. Those are the only two teams. Everyone else either stayed afloat. Or got better. Or got better. Yeah. And these are teams that made the playoffs. These are teams that were a little bit behind you. Florida's going to make a play. Hopefully make the playoffs next year. They should. Tampa is already should. Tampa. You already clinch it for them. Boston made the cup. They're going to be there. Toronto's. Yep. Yep. They'll always, be there. Toronto's be always going to be they'll there. They'll be out in the first round, but they'll be ne- there. Next year. <laughs> it's, next offseason is going to be fun for Toronto. Well, this year's pretty bad, too. They still don't have Mitch Marner. I know. But again, this cu- this coming offseason, how many ref- unrestricted free agents do they have? Jake Muzzin is gone. Tyson Barry is gone. And how much, I want to know how much cap space they have next year. For right now, they have $26 million. The cap should go up. Yeah. So let's say the cap goes up to 84 So it adds, which is what I think it will do. It'll so add, let's million? add another 3.5. So 20, let's say they have $30 million. This is for next season? For or next, this? next season. How much do they have right now? Right now? Yeah. 
Just under four. <laughs> How are they going to sign him? How are they going to sign him? I don't, I, I don't know. Who do they? No, seriously. Who did they have to trade to sign him? I think it has to be Nylander. Yeah, but who wants Nylander? Well, then in that case, it's got you got to move Zach Hyman and then one of Kapanen and Janssen. You just signed them. I know. But you're looks, I know. You're, you're you look so foolish. Yeah, but which one do you want? What do you mean? Mitch Marner or Janssen? No, but it puts a bad credibility. Well, I understand GM. that, but you can't lose Mitch. I think Mitch Marner is because you just gave $4.5 to Cody Cece. This was a, a, salary da, a salary dump trade by moving Nikita Zaitsev. Why did they even sign Cece? You just gave him. You, so it's a wash. Yeah. He's, this uh, this one was making four and a half. Now you got you gave this one four and a half. Why did you? But why did you sign him? I understand. Well, they need they need defensemen. You he's can, not good. I'll tell you that right now. But he's they need. I, you know what I would have done? I understand everything. No, you know I, what I would have done? Just go with just sign a couple of yeah, yeah. quick bodies. Yeah. You made the Barry trade. Yeah. You know what? I, you could seriously you could roll with uh, Barry Riley and Muzzin as your top three. You could roll with it I know, yeah. and have wait Barry Muzzin. Yeah, it's a good top three. You, and, and you have a couple of young players? Yeah. Just to fill in? I understand. I agree with all of you. I agree with all that. Four and a half million I know. I so right, right as it stands right now. Uh, I don't know if... Oh, wait. I don't know if the Nathan Horton salary is on the injured reserve for that, but that's $5.3 million. Mm. So if it... I don't think it is because mm. three... So yeah. So they're probably at like... Let's say they're at just under nine right now. Mm. You're still not getting minor no. for nine million. No, so no. right now, next year, if the cap were to stay the same, they have twenty six million. So let's say the cap will go up. I would think. Uh, let's say they have about thirty million next year. Right. Okay. But that's without from the thirty million, you got to take away whatever you give to Marner. Because Marner's not. It, but we're talking if, if they sign them. If they sign them, so yeah. you, I'm thinking he comes in around ten. What? He's getting more. He's asked for more. Well, I know he he's led, asking for it, but he's, he led the team in. I under, he's asking for the Austin Matthews deal. So let's say he's eleven. Yeah. Let's say he's at eleven. He has nineteen. So now you're le- nineteen million. Yeah. You have. Are you ready? Yeah. Nick Shore. Oh, okay. Jason Spezza. Okay. Frederick Gauthier. Yeah. Cody Cece, Jake Muzzin, Tyson Berry, Travis Dermott, Brent Harper, Martin Marinson, Justin Hall, and Michael Hutchinson. All defensemen. The only defenseman that Mike has a contract Morgan is Morgan Riley. Better win the cup this year, boys, because it's not pretty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? It's not pretty. No, that's, that's scary. That's bad. That, that, that's not scary. That's frightening. That's bad. That's bad. Oh, my God. All right. We'll end the show today with uh, sure. what we did last time you were <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, Well, my um, prediction didn't come. My prediction stick. <laughs> Jonathan Drew for half this little. Yeah. Well, that could still happen. That could still happen. I, I, I also put the first round pick also. That's true. Yeah. So. All right. Well, give, me, give me a couple bold predictions going well, into training camp training or camp. for this, whatever. Montreal Canadiens related. Um, Montreal and Mark Bergeron will make a significant move, a significant roster move to address the, the scoring position, the, the forward core. Don't know what it is. <laughs> but there's a move coming. I think there's a, a move coming. Might be big. But it's gonna address certain needs for the Canadians, and it's gonna fit with the system, with the with the system, or what the, with the approach that they have, going with young, yep, and just going from there. That's my first bold prediction. My second bold prediction it has to be Montreal Canadiens related. I'm assuming the hell with it. Whatever you want. Uh, based off this current information, Toronto will trade Mitch Barner. Trade or offer or let him go to an offshoot. Trade okay. Mitch Barner. Okay, interesting. 
I think it's realistic. It's realistic because I don't think they want picks. No, they need to in, compete. In an ideal sense, if I'm Kyle Dubas you and a team is like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a trade offer for, for Mitch Marner, I'll be honest and say, what do you got? Yeah. Or you take the four first round picks, turn around. Think- no, but you turn around and you mm-hmm. trade those. Those are trade assets. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, you're not going to. I'd rather get an elite hockey player. I understand. Or with you could probably get two very good players there. Because you already have a lot of elite hockey talent. Defense. <laughs> God, yes. Get a right. Here's a crazy thought. Right-handed shot, top pairing defenseman. Tyson Berry. They got Tyson Berry. Is he there long term? We don't know that. He might be next year. Yeah, okay. So put him on the second pair. Yeah. Cody Cece should be on the third. Cody Cece should be in, in Germany. He should be playing for the He Marlies. should be with Mannheim FC, <laughs> playing with Germany, or somewhere in Europe. He right. does not belong in the NHL. Wow. He does. He does not belong in the NHL. <laughs> Come on. There's a lot of worse hockey players than that. He's one of them. I know. He's a bad hockey so player. I've been, I've been watching him for the past 10 years. He hasn't been in the league. Five years. Yeah, Dear God, has it only been five years? It feels like that. It feels like then. I understand all that. All right. So Mitch Marner gets traded. Montreal makes a bold move. Yeah. Cool. Uh, make, makes a big bold move. Big bold move. Your, oh dear God! I don't have any. You gotta have a couple. I, Just make it interesting for your fans. For my talk. fans, um, I will say that um, bold prediction because bold. I don't know if it's bold, but because I know this general manager, this team is gonna. This is the team that you're gonna see going into training camp. This is the team you're gonna see going into the season, and they will make the playoffs. Perhaps. Yeah. So they're just going to stay consistent. Yep. Okay. Consistent in mediocrity mm-hmm. because that's his goddamn fucking motto. And what's your second bold prediction, Chuck? I don't know. I, I want to say, I don't know. I want to say he gets fired, but that's not going to happen. Um, bold prediction? Yeah. Cole Julian is not the head coach next season. Do hmm. you have any potential? Dominic Ducharme. Dominic Ducharme. Not, uh, not uh, Joel. Whichever one. So you, you would be fine one of those two. Be I'd be fine. I Dominic Ducharme over Joel Bouchard, but uh, one of those two. Clo- both, the second one, Cole Julian is not your head coach next season. Not like coming in September for the one following. Interesting. That's a very that's a very bold decision. Uh, so yeah. But again, it makes sense. Coaches are hired to be fired, okay. as Harry Sinden once said. No, I think it was uh, another guy before him. No, it was I saw Harry. that Don Cherry. Yeah, but it was Harry Sinden. No, it wasn't Harry yes. Sinden. It was the guy from the Rochester Americans. No, that's when he was hired in Boston. Yes, it was. You want to bet? No. Exactly. All right, it's enough. Lamros, thank you very much for coming back on the Thanks show. You're always welcome. Yeah, just you you're know, you're heading off. Me. You're heading off to Greece, so we'll have it in a few weeks. Enjoy your vacation because you, you won't be back on before you go. Because um, I don't know if I'll be back on before you go. For that. <laughs> Unless something major pops up, maybe once you're in Greece, I'll Skype you in or something. Oh, great, lovely. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. All right, um, friendly reminder as always: check us out, subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. Um, check out winninghabit.com read all the great stuff that those contributors and site experts put out great content follow me on twitter at Joshua Delorme and that's pretty much it enjoy the rest of your summer guys Uh, enjoy the beautiful weather here in Montreal hopefully it sticks around long term we'll be back when we're back